Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Kind of sense what the Lord may want to do in your life today, and I I really think that what I want to talk to you about is so relevant for the oldest person in this room, and don't admit if you are, and even our youngest person that's in this room this morning, uh, as we continue this, this series called Stronger, and the life, of, we're really going through the life of Samson uh, throughout the whole month. And I'm going to invite your attention to the book of Judges, chapter 14. And we're going to talk about a little kind of, just a couple verses of something that gets kind of missed when you think about the life of Samson. When you think about Samson, you think about, what, who's the first person's name that comes to your mind when you hear the name Samson? Samson and, right? And then Romeo and Juliet, and da-da-da-da-da, right? And that song. But, uh, you know, Samson was a guy who was used by God. He was a judge. When you read through the life of Samson, it's kind of interesting because there are, he has just about the most number of chapters. Him and Gideon have the most number of chapters dedicated to them with this idea of being judges or rulers over Israel, delivering them out of the hand of the Philistines and even foreign nations and so on and so forth. But when you read through the life of Samson, it kind of feels like that didn't take very long to happen, but this is a stretch of years. I think he was a judge for over 20 years, uh, leading the children of Israel out of captivity, out of oppression, out of all kind of stuff that was happening because they kept falling into sin. God was so clear to them in the book of, all throughout the first five books of the Bible, the books of the law, and then he told Moses to tell Joshua, and then Joshua told the children of Israel before he went off the scene, don't Start worshiping the gods of the foreign countries that are around you. Don't even intermarry with them, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Because what's going to wind up happening is the same thing that happened to Solomon. You remember what happened to Solomon? Solomon was the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth, was probably the richest man that ever walked the face of the earth, was the most blessed man probably uh, in a physical and and, uh, tangible way probably that ever lived. And he lost all, he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs because he let all of the, he was married and, and was uh, concubines to over a thousand women. Man, that guy was pretty busy, okay? I mean, having all, you know, having all that female around him all the time. But what winded up happening was it, it becomes very, and, and you see this in the life of Samson too, it becomes a very hypnotic thing Two men, the women, women, you, let me just say something to you this morning. Women have a lot of power over men. Somebody say amen to that. Come on with that, right? Well, that's what happened to Solomon. And he started worshiping all these other gods. And he just, it's like something clicked and he forgot, right? And, and, and that's what happened to Samson. When you read the story of Samson, you read through the end of his life. And four different times Delilah, Delilah says, how did you get your strength? Well, if you wrap me up with these special ropes, I'm going to lose all my strength. So what does she do? She has him wrapped up in those ropes. And then, she, and then this happens. And, after, and on the fourth time, he says, okay, I got you. And she starts giving this little whiny, whiny thing. If you just cut my hair, I'm going to lose all my strength. And what happened? He gets drunk. She cuts all of his hair. And guess what? He loses his strength. And what, what, when we look at that story and go, didn't you see that this was like after the third time that she was trying to get you to lose all your strength? It doesn't even make sense. But we're going to look at a little part of the story here in Judges chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. God's inspired word says, now Samson went down to Timnah, 
and saw a woman in, of Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Ding, 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 ding. Somebody he shouldn't have been checking out. Okay, but we'll continue. So he went up, told his dad and his mom, and he said, I've seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Right? He says, Papa, this is the one. You know, she's, she's the one. I really, you got to go down and get this chick for me. And the father and the mother had said to him, is there not one woman among the daughters of your brethren or among my people that you would go get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And that sounds weird, and we'll talk about that in a second. And Samson said to his father, go get her for me, for she pleases me well. For she pleases me well. Here's what we're going to talk about today. If you're if you are a strong person, if you consider yourself strong in the Lord, stronger people listen to good advice. Stronger people listen to good advice. Uh, I was doing a premarital counseling with somebody the other day, this sweet couple that we're marrying, and it, just, it was just neat to hear their story and this, this, and this. And it's one of my buddy's daughters. He's a pastor in uh, Florida. And I talked to them earlier this week, and they were just telling me their love story, and everything was great and perfect, and oh, you know, la, 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 butterfly kisses and all that stuff. And she, she's actually, her grandparents are missionaries in Holland, this girl of this family that we're marrying. Her mama grew up in Holland as an MK, a missionary's kid. The young man that, he, that she's marrying, his last name is Holland. Right, so it's like all the stars lined up perfectly. They've got this beautiful romantic story and all these different things. And so I'm doing this, I'm doing this premarital counseling talk with them, and I'm, we, you know, we break it down into a couple different sections, send them some books to read, this, this. Not that they're going to listen to anything I'm going to say, but we're doing it, right? And one of the things I said to them, I said, get ready because in the next few months of your life, you're going to receive more unsolicited advice than you've ever received in your life right? Uh, we have a, a royal wedding coming up in April in our church. We're looking forward to Ben and Angel. They're getting married. You, now, listen, I could talk about your wedding publicly because he proposed publicly. On Easter, baller, right? Right here on this church from this thing, he proposed to Angel. They're getting married in April. We're super excited for them. It's going to be wonderful and blah, blah, blah. But so I'm talking to this couple about this. And you remember when you got married, all the advice people gave you? And, real, and, and good advice too, but you weren't even asking for it. Hey, can I offer you some advice, right? Yes, what kind of advice do you have for me? Never go to bed angry. Oh, it's great, great advice. Okay, somebody else would say, can I offer you some advice? And I'd say, and, and listen, I didn't care. I was such a punk. I was 18 years, I waited till I was 18 years old to get married. So when people were giving me advice, I was 18 and knew everything, you know? You need, you, listen, if you're gonna do anything, anything, anything in your life that you're gonna do when you get married, start saving money. Man, I wish I would listen to that guy, right? I mean, just that kind of thing, right? And, and all this advice that you get about where to live, and, and it was kind of fun, even when we, when we moved here. Uh, this week, in April, it's going to be our seven-year anniversary of being, uh, of being here. And when we first moved here, came to the church, everything was great, you know, all that. Everybody in the church wanted to say, did you find a place to live yet? No. Well, you need to live in this neighborhood. You need to live in, the, you need to live in Plano, or you need to live in Murphy, or you need to live in Frisco, or you need to live here or you need to live there. So we wind up buying a house in a really rich neighborhood, you know, in Plano, over by, <laughs> over by the Youngs, but um, blue collar for life, baby. But, um, but it, people, and isn't it funny? Do you ever notice when people just kind of give you advice? Sometimes, I, this may be just me, and you might go, I'm never like that. But sometimes when they come up to you with that unsolicited, right, advice that they give you, do, does your disobedient spirit come out a little bit and say, I didn't ask you? 
I never asked you for your advice. I, I really didn't want to hear what you had to say. And we kind of get that a little bit of, uh, of that, you know, who do you think you are to speak into my life like that uninvited, right? And, and we, have to, we have to work through that a little bit, right? But here's the truth of the matter. If you are really strong and confident in your walk and your relationship with the Lord, you listen to good advice. Samson had some great advice in this passage of Scripture here. God commanded him and all the children of Israel not to marry people from pagan cultures. Is that because God was a racist and God didn't like people? No. He knew if they were going to marry women and women were to marry men from this other culture that worshipped other gods that had a different value system, it was going to bring it was going to bring sin into their country, and that's, exact, that's part of their downfall. If you think about some of the, the crazy, crazy things that the children of Israel did, they worshiped God. Book of Judges said Joshua, or, uh, yeah, Joshua's grandkids turned their back on the Lord. And you read about some of the sin that they... They saw God miraculously deliver them into the promised land, Battle, I mean, battles that didn't even make sense. Not battles because you had the best machine guns and stuff. Battles because they went in with a horn and the walls came tumbling down. Battles because they went in with pots and pans yelling and screaming and, and their enemy all killed each other. Like battles that were won where the only thing you could say is, man, God totally did this because we couldn't have done this on their own, right? They saw this happen time after time after time again. And then it would, and they would just have like God or spiritual amnesia and you know what some of the things that they were doing? In, in, in this, they started worshiping poles. They started, they started bringing sacrifices. You know what they also did, this God named Molech? They were killing their babies as sacrifices to these foreign gods for favor. Not that that doesn't happen today, right? They did all these things. They had the spiritual amnesia when it came to their relationship with God. And God told them, I'm not putting these restrictions on your life because I hate you. I'm putting these restrictions on your life because I know what's better for you. And how many times do we read the word of God and we we'll see a passage of scripture and we'll say, yeah, that's the law, that's not for today. Or, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let that percolate inside my heart a little bit and I'm just not ready for that kind of obedience or I'm just not ready to submit myself to the Lord in that area. And he gives it to us in his word because he loves us. Because it's just when I talked to my kids when they were younger and talked to my grandkids now, you know, we had a little funny thing happen last night at the house. The kids were bouncing all over the place in the living room. I said, hey, be careful. The fireplace is on. A log could roll out of there. We were all sitting there, and we were taking bets. Okay, who's the first kid that's going to get hurt? Right? So there's either Rosie or it was going to be Tori or it was going to be Logan. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. My bet was on Logan. I thought Logan was going to get hurt. <laughs> And I think Evan said, huh? did, you say, did you say Tori, did you say Rosie? You said Rosie, Evan won again. He's the smartest one in our family. And sure enough, Rosie gets under this thing. Tori accidentally pile drives her. She starts screaming, I'm hurt, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. And while all this is happening, truthfully, a log rolled out of my fireplace onto the, the brick thing that's on the front of it. I don't even know what that's called. And like, so we're like, ah! you know. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Don't go near the fireplace, right? Why are we saying that? Because we don't want them to get hurt. Fire's beautiful. We have a fire pit outside. And the first thing that the Katie's boy, Nick's boy, does when he goes out there, he has this little Vulcan thing. He, when he points, he does two fingers like this. And he saw the fire pit going. He's like... Mm -hmm. 
And he walks right towards it. Nick goes, don't put your hand in the fire. Why is he saying that? Fire's beautiful, isn't it? We don't want to get hurt. I wonder how many times in our lives God puts some big blockades in your life. I'm like, I can handle that. We talked about that last week, that statement, I can handle that. So Samson's great life advice, God commanded him and Israelite people, don't marry people from pagan cultures. Samson's parents told him specifically, number two, not to marry a pagan Philistine. They have different values. I know she's good looking. We see that. She's showing everybody she's good looking. That's not the kind of girl you want to marry because she's not going to value the thing. She, you're not, and here's what his dad was saying to him. You're not strong enough to change her. She's going to change you. And that's exactly what happened with Delilah. Number three, Samson's parents told him to marry somebody from the tribes of Israel. Why? Again, they worshiped the same God and they shared the same values. Second uh, Corinthians 6.14, it says, Don't, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? When I was growing up, this passage of scripture where, where I was being raised in, in a Christian community was grossly misunderstood and mistaught. Because they said, they would say, don't be unequally yoked together <laughs> and stop it there. And I, and, and I was taught, I was taught as a, and, and this speaks to how old I am, I remember hearing people say, that's why whites shouldn't marry blacks. That's why this shouldn't marry that. That's, why the, that's not what that passage of scripture says. It says, don't marry people that don't, same, don't share the same spiritual values that you have. You know, there was this, there's, there's, there's a, in, in Christian college, Marianne and I were talking about this this morning. In Christian college, there's this peer pressure to get married really young right? Like, it's unbelievable. And I'm a hypocrite if I make fun of it, but they're kind of like, man, if you leave, if you leave Bible college at 22 and you're not married, you're an old maid, right? That's kind of almost ingrained into them. And those of you that have been exposed to that culture know what I'm talking about. So we, we were discussing that a little bit. It's kind of funny because uh, there's, there's a phrase when I was working at, at the college that I went to years after I graduated, uh, we had a couple kids that were dating people that went to a secular college that was nearby, and I'd say, hey, man, just, you know, just be careful. Don't get real serious. You just don't know. And they would say, oh, listen, we're missionary dating. They would call it missionary dating, where I'm a saved believer and I love Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, but I'm going to get this person over here that doesn't know God, and I'm going to win them to Jesus, and once we do, then we'll be equally yoked together, right? And this principle of being unequally yoked is a big, big deal. Listen, it's not just, it's because it feels a little bit of a contradiction when, when we're also told by Paul, be in the world, but just don't be of the world. Right? So here's, here's what that means. Your faith should be strong enough where you could be exposed to the darkest of dark. I had a friend of mine up in New York. Uh, he had a ministry on Friday nights where guys from his church that went through recovery would go sit in bars from 10 until 2 in the morning and drink water and drink Coca-Cola and eat pretzels and probably cheese dip fries and all the other good things that come there, and they would be ready to talk to people that needed advice. I mean, you just talk about going into a dark place. I, I, I wouldn't want to be in, in that. For me, that's not a good place to be. For a lot of our folks that are in recovery, that's not a good place to be. But man, being in the world and not of the world, that really is a big deal, right? That means that you're walking strong enough for the Lord where you can go back to that phrase we talked about last week where you can handle it. And there are some things that God has equipped for you to handle, and there's some things that you're not particularly strong enough to handle. And listen, 
You want to be really, really strong? Don't tell me how strong you are. Know where your weaknesses are. That's how you can tell how somebody strong somebody is when they're in touch with their true weaknesses. So when it says don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, don't be so close to people where it you We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the one church that's changing the world. But here's what's happening in our world today. The world's changed the church. I'm not talking about warehouse church, but we've become really afraid to let our light shine because it's not politically correct. We've been afraid to be the salt of the earth because of hurting people's feelings and we don't want to look like we're judging people when the truth of the matter is our sole purpose for being here on the earth today is to find and, and, to find and lead people to Jesus Christ because that's what honors God. We're here to worship and honor God and there's no greater thing to do to honor God than to obey him. So we got to be careful when when we're, well, you know, those are my friends. I like hanging out with them. And I like to have a drink with them because. And I like to do this with them because. Don't justify those actions. Be salt and light to them. Okay? So let's move on a little bit. So what do stronger people do with advice? If you're strong in the Lord, what happens when somebody gives you advice? Here are some things that can help you become stronger and more confident in your walk with the Lord. Number one, the strongest people covet, long for, and seek out good advice. Real quick story out of the book of Exodus. You know, we read the story of, of Exodus and we read about them, them leaving Egypt to go and they wandered for 40 years. Moses was leading about 2 million people, right? Without text messaging. You know, I don't, all the guys in our church, you know what happens on Saturday night and on, excuse me, Friday night at about 8 or 9 o'clock at night, and on Saturday morning at about 6.30 in the morning on the first Saturday of the month. We get about seven text messages from Dave to remind us that there's men's breakfast that day, men's breakfast network, and it was really good. But Nick did a great job this week. I was really proud of him. And we had a good group turnout in spite of the bad weather. It was really, really cool. Great fellowship. Great to meet new guys. Just, it was a really good day. So, um, and he's sending that to about 100 people. Can you imagine leading 2 million people without a cell phone, without a TV, without a sound system? They would just have to find a loud rock, yell really loud, and have people kind of stationed out throughout it. Now, let me tell you what he said. Let me tell you what he said because we couldn't hear him. So Moses, being the judge, he was the guy that was in charge of the children of Israel. He would spend, he would get up super duper early in the morning all the way until late at night and people would bring their stuff to him. Right, Moses, we got these two people, their tents are next to each other, and this one, kids, cries at night really, really bad, and this one, you know, she's pregnant, she's trying to sleep, and they're really mad at each other, this, this, and this, and Moses would say, okay, you two guys need to move your tents far away from each other, stop bickering and complaining, and live more in community, we're going to get to the promised land, let's obey God, right, and he would say, all day and night, because he was a judge over two million people, so listen to what happens here, his father-in-law and listen, this message is more for my son-in-laws than anybody, okay? But his father-in-law, Jethro, in Exodus chapter 18, verse 17, so Moses' father-in-law said to him, that means son-in-laws listen to your father-in-laws. Amen, Chris? Amen. Amen, good. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Son-in-laws don't like to hear that from their father-in-laws. They want, they want their father-in-laws to think, I got it covered. I'm, I got your girl. It's all good in the hood, right? He said, just listen to me. I got some good advice to you. The thing that you're doing is not good. Both you and these people who are with you are sure, will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. 
You're not able to do all this work by yourself. Listen to my voice. I'm going to give you some good counsel, and God's going to be with you. So if you have a prideful spirit, that's not an easy thing to hear, right? If you think that you know better, and our kids always know better, right? Our kids always know better. I'm, I'm talking about younger kids, always know better than we are. Hey, can I have a snack? No, because we're going to have dinner soon. But I want a snack. No, we're going to have dinner soon. Yeah, but I really, really want a snack. Then you won't be able to eat dinner. Well, I don't want to eat dinner. I want a snack. But we have the advice that's good, even though they don't want to listen to it all the time, right? So Jethro's saying this, and you can see maybe how Moses is going, hey, can I ask you a question? I and mean, seriously, I mean, you can see how Moses would say this. Did God pick you to do this or me? Like, I'm leading two million people here. You're a sheep herder. Thanks for the great daughter, but really, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he could have had that feeling. You didn't go through the plagues. You didn't go through all the stuff that I did. You were out in the wilderness and everything was good and hunky-dory for you. And now you advice, advice for me. And that really helps us to understand. We need to check our spirits when somebody's speaking into us. Man, that is just good. <laughs> Listen to my voice, verse 19. I'm going to give you counsel and God's going to be with you. Stand before God for you, the people, so that you may bring difficulties to God. And teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way that they must walk and, and, and the work that they must do. Moreover, select people, able men, people that fear God, men of truth that hate covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of the thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. You know what he said? You can't do this by yourself, bro. That's what he said to him. So let me tell you what, I, let me just give you some advice. Get really strong guys that are gonna lead the hundreds of thousands. Get good guys under them, good guys under them. Create a leadership pipeline so that you can better minister to the people because you can't do it all yourself. Great advice. And here's the thing about Jethro. Jethro cared about Moses. Jethro wanted Moses to succeed. Moses, now, now listen, Moses was a proud and arrogant man. Moses' sin of pride is what kept him from going into the promised land with the children of Israel because he disobeyed God. He was only supposed to speak to the rock. He struck it twice. God said, what are you doing? You disobeyed me. I can't, I can't even use you after this point to go into the promised land. We got to train up another guy to do so. Jethro cared about Moses. He wanted Moses to succeed. Jethro, his father-in-law of Moses, gave him some great advice. What do you do when you get... Do, do, are, do you... The Bible says, I love this verse out of Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes. Jesus said this, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness, for they will be filled. Isn't that a great verse? Think about that. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for truth. And not to say that this is, the only, this is the true truth, this is the only source of truth that we should be guiding our lives by, but, but there are people in your lives that are really, really wise that love and know the word of God, that will speak truth into you if you let them. If you let them. But sometimes our pride and our arrogance doesn't, doesn't do that, and we think we're stronger for doing it on our own, when the truth of the matter is, you're really stronger when you understand and heed to really, really good advice in your life. Strong people covet, long for, and, and, and are attracted to good advice. Here's number two. The strongest people choose good advisors. They choose good advisors for their life. You know why? Here's a really crazy thing to hear. Good advice comes from good advisors. Right? Um, ladies that are getting ready to be grandmothers in this room, can I implore it to you? Go talk to my wife about how to be a good grandmom. 
She's the best. When I was 18, I thought she came to this earth just to be my wife. And then when we were 23 and started having kids, I'm like, man, that girl's made to be a mama. I was wrong. She was here to be a grandmom. That girl has, she's like a grandma ninja, right? And we have other ladies in our church that are the same way. Like, man, they're just, whew, they get the, we have ladies that don't have grandkids that are already good grandmoms that are helping out in our nursery and stuff. It's, but I, you know what? If I, if I have advice about something in my life, I want to go somebody that does it well, right? And there's wisdom in that. There's really wisdom in that. If you think about it, good advice comes from good advisors. What kind of advisors do we need to listen to? And this is where I'm going to chafe you a little bit here, but I want you to hear me out. Good advice comes from good advisors. What kind of advisors do we need to listen to? Here's the first thing. Learn to listen to people that disagree with you. What? If you want people to tickle your ears all the time and tell you how awesome you are, then, then that, that shows your insecurity. But if you want to be better, better means you're going to hear some things that you don't want to hear sometimes. Well, you need to, you need to cut that out of your life, and you might want to think about this. And, and, and one of the things we were talking about today, it's like Marianne came into my office to get the message before the message. She got the pre-stuff before what you're getting today. And I said, I always think it's funny because this has happened... I guess this is a sign of getting old. I don't know what it is. Um, not that anybody had a birthday this week on Groundhog's Day and anything like that, you know, whatever, Marianne. Marianne's birthday is Groundhog's Day, by the way. And I have been sworn to secrecy not to tell her age because if I do tell her age, she will not only quit, she will probably sever my head. So I'm not gonna do that, okay? But happy birthday, Marianne. We love you. I only promised that I wouldn't say it when you were on the stage, so I kept my promise, okay? <laughs> so anyway, you already had three days off this week with the fake snowstorm, so okay. But here, here's, here's what's funny. If you're older, this has happened to you, I promise. When somebody will come up to you and they'll ask for advice for something, they're, but they're not asking for advice. They're asking for you to validate a bad decision that they're making. You know? I, I, I probably, this was... I had, I had this happen to me probably about 18, 20 years ago. When I was first a young pastor, Jacksonville, Florida, just learning how to, you know, how to do this thing. I had a guy come up to me. We were doing some marital counseling with him. She walked out of the room, and he looked at me, and he said, Pastor, I need you to be in here because I'm going to tell my wife I'm leaving her. I've met the woman that's the love of my life, and I'm leaving her for him. And I just needed you to be here to help her, and I just want you to understand I've prayed about this. You know, this, this, and this. And I'm listening to this guy. I'm getting so mad at him, I want to crawl over my desk and just pop him in the jaw because it's just so disrespectful to her, to me, to what he thought that whole meeting was about. And he's not telling. And I said, well, listen, here, here's what we can do. Um, you're going to tell her when she comes back or I am. Well, that's not how I planned it out. What I wanted her to do is leave, and I wanted you to give me some advice on how I can let her down calmly and softly and not hurt my kids too bad. I said, brother... It's too late for that. She's about 10 seconds from coming into this room. You better tell her or I'm going to. He, well, you have, what did he say? Doctor-patient privilege. And I said, well, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so I don't, have to, I don't take that advice from you. I'm telling her, you're a jerk. And I, got, I was mad at him. And I said some other things. I didn't cuss, but I wanted to. Because I didn't cuss. I really didn't. So she come back in the room, and I said, hey, your husband wants to tell you something. I'm not telling her. Okay, well, he's having an affair, wants to leave you, and he claims it's the person that's the love of your life. He brought you here today, not for marriage counseling. He brought you here today because he wants me 
to give you guys good advice on how to do this softly. So here's my advice. You need to leave him, take him for everything that he's worth, go get a good lawyer, and kick his butt out of the house tonight. He should never be able to be in your home again while he's with another woman. I need a little more amen than that. That was good stuff, right? But here's the thing. I'm not clapping for me. I'm an idiot. What I'm telling you is this. Sometimes people come and they want you to validate their bad decisions. Hey, I'm doing this right now, and can you just pray for me, and da-da-da. Don't, there are some things, and I, I've said this to some people before. There are people, I have people come up to me, like this guy did right here. Hey, can you pray for me? I said, no, I'm not praying. What do you mean? The decision's right there, it's black and white. We don't need to pray that you make the right decision. You're either going to, or you're not going to. It's not that hard. Don't complicate it by sounding spiritual. Oh, I'm just gonna pray to see if the Lord will, you know, I just, she's the, uh, 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 stop. It's here, and it's truth, and it doesn't change. And when you're looking for people to speak into your lives, right, you've got to be ready sometimes to hear some things that you don't want to hear. I'm going to the doctors tomorrow. I hate going to the doctors. I hate the scale. The scale's a liar. <laughs> and I did this last time I was there. I wore these cowboy boots that I have, right? And I wore them to the doctors last time, and I started taking them off, and the doctor said, they're not going to make that much of a difference. I said, these shoes weigh like 10 pounds apiece, doc, I promise you, right? They're going to do that, going to get all this stuff. He's going to chew me out, spit me out, and do all these different things, right? But I want to go because I do want to be healthy. And sometimes you've got to put yourself in a place where you are, are comfortable enough, you ready, church, and strong enough to hear some things that you don't want to hear, right? Here's the next one. It speaks about Jethro. It speaks about Samson and his parents. Listen to people that love you. People that, lo people that love you don't want you to make bad decisions. People that love you don't want you to be hurt. People that love you know because they're the ones that are usually cleaning up the mess afterwards, right? Here's the next one. Listen to people that have achieved success in, in the areas that you're longing for. Well, I want to be good. If I, if I want to learn how to fix my house up and, and do some really great stuff for my home, I'm going to talk to my friend Jeff. Guy's a master. He's unbelievable. He does great, great stuff. If I've got some things I want to talk about about how to handle money the right way, I'm going to talk to my friend Richard. That's what he does for other people, and he's very successful at it, right? If I want to talk to, if I want to, talk to somebody about an area in my life I want to grow, I'm going to get somebody that I know that does it better than me. But when you do that, you have to kind of humble yourself a little bit and understand that when you ask for advice, you're going to receive that advice, right? Listen to people that demonstrate wisdom. Who do you know in your life that is wise that you would trust to speak into your life? Proverbs 15, 7 says, the lips of the wise disperse or give out knowledge, but the heart of the fool doesn't know how to do that. And here's the last thing. Not only listen to people that demonstrate wisdom, listen to people that love God's word. Listen to people that love God's word. Proverbs 2, 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 3, 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and run away or depart from evil. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you're going to somebody as a believer for advice that's going to guide you spiritually, you better make sure they love God and they love the word of God. If you're going to somebody, Philistine, pagan and asking them for spiritual advice, they're not going to help you make the right decision. They're not going to do it. Here's something to consider. Ask for godly advice. You ready for this, church? This is a little bit of a gut punch statement. When you need advice, ask for godly advice if you really want it. <laughs> if you really want it. You know, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want, right? We got to kind of make sure we 
we're analyzing that because you know, you, know, you know what's funny about sometimes it happens all the time? I have people who come to me, and I'm not like this advice guru. I'm just old, you know. White hair, I have a question for you, right? And people ask me questions, and it's kind of funny because the decision's already made up like I was talking about earlier. They're not coming for advice. They're coming for validation for a bad decision that they've already made. But if you really want, if you really, really want to make the right decision, listen to that advice. Sometimes we ask for advice when we're actually we're just asking for approval. Here's number three. The strongest people, this is, this is kind of my last point. I'm not going to go 20 minutes over like I was accused of last week. And it was probably only about six minutes, but it, I was accused of 20. <laughs> the strongest people, listen to this church. The strongest people know how to listen. Right? Have you ever had somebody, and I know this has happened to you, you're going to laugh, ask for advice and then finish, finishes your sentences while you're giving it? You know, hey, what do you think about? I'm thinking about doing this. And well, you know, if you're, if you're saving to buy a house, maybe some things you could do is go, oh, oh yeah, I'm already doing that. You know, I'm already, I already got that covered, right? Hey, Pastor, I just see, man, you got four perfect, beautiful girls. I know, you know, their mother. I can't take any credit for that. Well, can you give me some advice on some things we could do to be the better parents? Yeah, maybe you should think about this or putting some boundaries there. Oh, yeah, we already do that. You know, it's already, we're already experts in that area. Thank you for validating what I already think we're doing right. Listen to these statements. The strongest people know how to listen. They, when strong people are listening, right, you reserve judgment before you respond. Listen. Listen means you shut your mouth. I'm not allowed to say shut up. We don't, we don't, our grandkids aren't allowed to say that. But we reserve judgment before you, you just listen. You know what's funny? We can hear a lot of things that we don't listen to. Like, everybody in this church heard me today. Sound system's great. Everybody online heard me. But were you listening to the Holy Spirit? Because you don't need to hear from me. Who we need to hear from is God's Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is you. Okay, just listen. Resist the temptation to butt in. Right? Listen. Yeah, but I. But don't you know? But I already doing that. Resist temptation to butt in. Remain calm, not defensive, when you, whether you agree with that advice or not. Listen, you asked for that advice. It could be absolutely something you would never, ever do, but you asked for it. Just listen. Listen doesn't mean you're... Listen just means you're mature enough to hear what that person has to say that might be something God could use in your life to change you. If you do what? You got to listen. Review for purposes of clarity. Step away from that meeting, right? Somebody I like to talk to, I like talking to, to David. Wendy Foster. David's just a wise guy, wise man. I don't want to say a wise guy. <clears throat> he likes the Washington Commandos, but he's a wise man. I know, I said that on purpose. And there's, when we were going through a real, real tough, tough time back when we were, you know, before we launched Warehouse Church out of, out of, our, out of our sending church, there, was, there were some difficult days. And I walked out of some of those deacons meetings, those four or five hour deacons meetings, saying, dear Jesus, and I get a little text from Dave, hey, don't forget this. Don't forget this. Don't forget why you're here. You're doing a great job. I'm praying for you and I love you. Dave, that was food for me. I needed that advice. And there's sometimes it sometimes it needs to percolate inside you for a little while before you actually get the value and the strength of the words that are shared with you. And when when you kind of reflect on it and even write it down and even consider it later and even pray about it, man. 
review for purposes of clarity. Here's the next one. Reflect on the advice that's being given. Think about it. How does that apply to my life? And thank the Lord for it. Lord, thank you for this person that's helped me in my life. That's speaking into me. I don't know if I fully agree with it yet. But I I want your Holy Spirit to help me understand what I need to do. I asked for advice. They gave it to me. I'm trying to filter this through and how I'm going to apply this to my life. Here's the thing. Whether you receive or reject the advice... Right? Whether you receive or reject the advice, um, do it with grace and listen. Just listen. You're not going to gain anything from a conversation if you're not listening. And you don't have to respond right away. Hey, that's great advice. Thank you. I'm going to jump into that right away. You don't need to do that. You just, you know what you can say? Hey, man, thanks a lot. And you want to hear a great, from an old dude, if a younger dude comes up to me, say, you know what? I'm going to pray about what you were talking to me about. Can you call me in about a week and kind of check in on me man that is that is super mature you know who does that my buddy Dakota sit next to his pretty mama back there Miss Paula she's going my son yeah your son I've had lunch with him a couple times and I've said Dakota tell, tell the truth have I said some things to you that you probably didn't want to hear a couple times yeah Paula's like yeah he said you know what he said to me one time he said it was hard for me to hear very mature but I'm going to pray about that because I want to get better I want to be a good dad right I said, yeah just because the advice is there it's great might be great advice but it's usually not the easiest thing to do right so whether you whether you heed it or not listen with grace Proverbs 2 2 says so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding it's so beautiful Proverbs 15 22 this is great Without counsel, without the help of wise people in your life, plans go awry. But in the multitude multitude of counselors, plans are established. So I want you to think about this and we're going to pray. Ready? Here's number one. Who is somebody that you trust for good advice? If you don't have someone, then find someone. If you don't know who to ask, hear what I'm saying here. Ask me and I'll help you find somebody. Or I'll go and talk to you if you want to do that. Marianne's a great, great counselor on our church staff. Remember a couple of weeks ago we had our deacons and we brought our trust our, 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 our elders up on the stage. I wanted you to know who they are so that you could go to them if you need to for prayer, for advice, for encouragement. They're not just here to make sure that the church got clean today, and it did. They're here to, to invest and pour into your life. And they have great things to pour into you if you listen um, who's somebody you trust for good advice do you have somebody that's speaking truth into you right now right now who's speaking truth into you Just do you have anybody you can call when you're down or anybody that when you're going through some stuff you know they'll give you a good word you know that they're going to pray for you and you know that they're behind you because they love Jesus and they love you Boy, if you don't have somebody like that let me help you find somebody like that this week and you know the best place to find that is in is in our community and life groups and we have some just great I've got Nick has a life group that I'm very familiar with Kevin has a life group that I'm very familiar with Mary Ann does my wife does you know what I heard from about six or seven of our life group leaders this week man our guys our gals are doing so good they are starting to get it God's doing something in my group right now it's three different people said to me this week you will grow and you'll be surrounded by other brothers and sisters who will love you and pray for you it's huge here's the last thing this is, this is the question you had to look yourself in the, look your face in the mirror about. Are you strong enough to listen? Are, 
you strong enough to do that? Are you strong enough to consider? And are you strong enough to submit to God-breathed advice in your life? Let's all, let's all bow our heads for a word of prayer. Lord, we are, we're such a blessed people. Lord, I, <clears throat> I think about people that you put in my life that I go to for advice and help. Even as I consider just people in this room. My friend Kelly, who lives two blocks away, I have an electric problem. I call him up. He helps me get it sorted out. Because I can't do that. And he does it really good. I need people like him in my life. I need my friend Jeff in my life. Lord's helped me not only just get my house tightened up and understanding things about construction, but also how to be a good husband, a good man, a good dad. I need my friend Richard, Lord, we talk all the time and challenging each other to grow and be better men for you. I need my friend Kenan. God put in my life many years ago that we could do this church together. I'm so thankful for that. I think of Dave and I think of Chris and I think of Kevin and I'm going to not say somebody's name, not intentionally, but people that I know that are there and, and I could call today and would be there for me. I, 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 I'm very thankful for that. But I hope you have that. Life can be very, very, very lonely. Because life is filled with so much stinking pain sometimes. And God did not intend for you to go through it alone. He put some people in your life that will kind of get you through that tough time. If you, if you just listen. If you'll just listen. And what that, what that take, listening and submitting means we're kind of we're dismissing ourselves from when we're swallowing our pride. Man, pride is a, man, pride, it's, it's what got Samson, it's what ruined his life. Lust and pride, his two big things he dealt with. And, and it, was, it was tough for him. We're going to talk about lust next week. It's going to be fun. But it's hard to hear because it's something we all need to submit to, just like we need to submit to godly advice in our lives. Just, I'm, I'm gonna, this is kind of a different kind of an invitation kind of prayer that I'm going to encourage you to make this morning three different things number one thank God for our church and for people that are pouring into your life right now just say Lord thank you for our church thank you that I can be a part of this ministry thank you that I can hear God's word taught be a part of a group just thank him for some good influence in your life this morning the first part of your prayer second thing is ask God to help you recognize good godly advice that you get in your life and submit to it. And you might need to apologize to them. Lord, thank you for this person that's pouring in. Sometimes I don't like hearing what they say. That's okay. I know that you're, you're, you're saying these things to me because I, I need to change some things about my life. Here, here's the other one, right? Third thing. Help me to be that wise person for somebody else. Where my advice is spirit-filled biblically saturated with love and grace and patience and mercy and understanding that we would be that for other people Father we just thank you that you are the great counselor we thank you for our Lord Jesus who gave everything so that we can have a relationship with you I thank you for good people all throughout this room some are watching online today that have been guideposts for many people in this church and in this community. Lord, the expansion 
of Warehouse Church doesn't happen because people hear a good message on a Sunday morning and great music. It happens when people take the message that they hear, apply it to their lives, and spread it throughout the community and bring other people in to the house so it may be filled, not for our honor and glory, but for yours. So we pray that you would use us this week to be wise counselors in other people's lives and that we would also submit to wise counsel that we receive. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for knowing exactly what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. I thank you for our church, and I thank you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said it with me. Amen.